welcome to the Team Egos Podcast. I'm your host, Vince, and today we talked with Tommy G. McGee. Tommy is a YouTuber, jiu-jitsu practitioner, wrestling coach, real estate mogul, and general badass. So enjoy the show. Tommy, welcome to the show. Hello, sir. How are you doing today, man? I'm feeling good. Ready to rock and roll. Yeah, beautiful. That's good. So if you've uh, listened to the shows before, I love to start this show typically by sharing um, some tea with my team ego being you today. So Tommy, you want to tell everyone what we're what we're sharing today? Well, we're going to share a cup of tea. You got some nice fancy tea. I got some green tea of my own and we're going to cheers and we're going to talk and drink. So I'll be honest, dude. Actually, I got... Because I dropped the ball here um, and did not get to get that to you on time, um, I'm, I'm sharing my cheapest tea with you because I know that that's unfortunately what you what you got. And I'm like, you know, you know, it felt right just to grab one of the green tea bags I have laying in the back of my cupboard and and share it with you. So now here's a little trick that you can do. Um, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I don't actually have a video aspect of the podcast, but I'm going to show Tommy a little trick I like to do. If you want to grab your tea bag, this is a good um, ancient trick. And I don't know if it's actually true or not, but I love doing it. And you can actually use it as a face moisturizer. So I love to do this. Just rub it on my eyes, around the face, you know. This takes a whole new meaning to getting tea bagged, huh? It really does, honestly. I And like... I have a beard, as you can see. Um, really love to just rub it into the beard. Kind of adds a nice, you know, if you like were to like walk into like an office for the day or something, people just look at your face and like, oh, that guy's been teabagged. And it's it really just brings that glow to a room. Indeed. So, so what's your tea experience? I mean, right now we're we're sharing a kind of. Um, shitty cup of green tea but what yeah what what tea experience do you have very little i know that lately because of how coffee has reacted with my body that i've been more and more into looking at tea but as a frugal man i've usually just bought whatever the cheapest green tea i can find is but i've been to a couple of tea houses in chicago and milwaukee and i really like the the fancy tea out there so i think this might be an avenue i'm going to be exploring further you're the the people who are venturing away from the coffee journey are my favorite um <laughs> I, I love being being their guide per se into the the tea tea realm um and you know I, I mean i've been the same way green tea cheap green tea was my start as well and i still have a bunch of it now i use it kind of as for recipes and for like i, I mask the taste typically because I don't know what your Aldi brand tastes like. I got Fresh Time, not a paid sponsor, but I got Fresh Time Green Tea Organic. Um, it tastes warm water. <laughs> warm water. I would say that's a good description. Warm water with a, like, it's like almost has like an acidic 
taste to it, which I, I don't, again, I, I got to introduce you to some, some of the good brands. I mean, it sounds like those, those tea houses, I'm kind of interested. What do you know, what kind of tea you had when you were at like the tea house in Milwaukee or Chicago, or I guess what, what tea house they actually were? Ah, oh, man, I, it was a name I never heard before. And they had, they were bountiful of flavors, but I don't remember any details about the kind of tea. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you, if you're serious about getting into this realm, it's a. Yeah, I mean, you you can get lost. You get lost for sure. There's so much. There's so much in in the tea world. I mean, the best way I can describe it is, and I know you're not much of an alcohol drinker, but the best way it's been described for me is like a tea or is like a, a wine. So I mean, people go to sommelier schools and get like their sommelier licenses or whatever that is for for wine you can actually do the same for tea um i am not that deep into this the cool thing about life is i think almost anything is like that that if you go deep enough down a rabbit hole of your choosing you can become some sort of the sommelier of that hobby yeah yeah exactly and i love that that's that is exactly the the best part of life and you've kind of I feel like you kind of are like a jack of all trades though. Like you kind of have your hands in everything, but you're also becoming an expert at some things. So one of which that I found has been really cool, your YouTube career has kind of blown up recently. And I say recently, like within like the last year or two, is that correct? So yes, indeed, YouTube has really started to take off. At the beginning of 2020, I was at 2,000 subscribers. I made a goal for that year that I will post a video a week until January of 2021, and then I'll reassess where I am. And there was a couple points throughout that year where I was getting real frustrated. I didn't think I was getting the growth that I should have or that I've seen from other people out there. And then in September, I put out a video called Hella Sus Songs in the Hood. That went very viral. And I gained, I went from 17,000 to 34,000 subscribers in about two weeks. And ever since then, it's been a, a continued steady growth. And I think, think the reassurance is just that the momentum at the beginning of a project is always going to be the toughest. But once you get the ball rolling, your momentum increases. And that's why the rich get richer. And the people that are making it happen keep making it happen because the confidence builds, the audience builds, it's the network effect. Yeah, man. No, that's, that's so true. And like you said, it's that, that hump that you got to get over, I think is some of the times the hardest part. Um, I'm right now at the beginning of this whole of growing this tea, tea brand and tea journey. And so I'm still sitting at my nice couple five, five listeners. If you're out there, we appreciate you. Um, please keep coming back, share it. We love you all. Um, but seriously, like, yeah, it's that, it's that constant putting out. And I think that's the, that's what defines like the winners though, from the, I don't want to say losers, the winners from the learners um, is, are they, are you just going to keep pushing forward with that until you grow? I mean, you're a great testimony to that. Cause you've just, like you said, you've done it. You've, you've now hit that goal. And once you hit that goal, like you said, it's a snowball effect. It's going to keep happening. The algorithm, however, those things work, it's, it works in your favor now. And that's such a cool, yeah, such a cool testimony to that. But those hella sus, I was just listening to your uh, to a few of the TikToks that you have out there of that. 
Um, do you want to, if, if someone has, is listening and they've never heard, do you want to, do you have something in mind that you kind of want to give a little, uh, little taste of what that is? Yeah. So it's a crossover of two of my favorite worlds, which is, um, Rappin and the hood in Milwaukee. And so basically the concept is this rap is a very macho. You talk about how many girls you have, cars you have, this and that. And I come up with the, the, the word in this day and age is sussist. So I say, Things like I'm going to stick a carrot up my butt. So I act like I'm a hardcore rapper. And then I just say lines that make them walk away. And um, it's just a lot of fun yeah. to do. Can you uh, drop a bar or two for us right now? Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. No, 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 no. So um, be like, I was talking to the homies. The homies was like, what? Last night I stuck a carrot up my butt. That type of stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I like the reactions are because you these are sometimes like long. Like, yeah, it's like you're they do like a freestyle and all of a sudden you're like a couple bars deep and then you just hit drop that on them. And the reactions are priceless, dude. It's oh man, it's good. I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think it's, in, it's interesting how things eventually cross over. Like rap was something I was doing for a long time and I thought it was okay, but I wasn't turning any heads. And it's interesting. Like, okay, I combined two things. I love comedy and rap. And then that becomes my most successful series I've done so far on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember, um, our buddy, our mutual friend drew when he was telling me about you, and he's like, yeah, I got this buddy. He's trying to, I think, become like break through the, the rap scene or something. And he would show me. And you, dude, you actually have some, you had some like really good lyrics. Like, because like, you wrote all your stuff, right? Like yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so the lyrics are really good. And I I don't know, again, I don't know the the secret sauce that it is that makes you blow up. I don't, I'm not even sure if you fully understand it, but it's, yeah, I think find kind of just like you said, maneuvering, being flexible, and just kind of rolling with the punches and realizing, oh, all of a sudden this one thing takes off. And instead of like trying to force your way through that that rap career, it was like, okay, this is where I need to go. And I think you enjoy it. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think one of the cool mysteries of life is you don't expect it, you don't plan it, but all of a sudden sometimes things just fall into place and that's the way it is. And it's a cool thing to have happen. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect. Uh, perfect way to describe that. So with those hella sus videos, have you ever had like, I guess like people maybe get mad or like, what's like a, like a, have you ever had like a crazy experience with someone getting like, like no, and like almost like getting violent with you? Yeah, there, there's another video I've done a couple of times where I have this, I have a, it looks like a handicap sign, but it really just has small penis parking sign on it. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go in the hood and I'll, like someone will go run in and buy blunt wraps and I'll put it in front of their car. And when they come out, I'll be like, I'll confront them and be like, sir, I know you didn't mean to park in my spot, my spot, but I actually have a small penis. And then I've been threatened to be shot twice from that. But as far as hell is sus, um, people will say, oh, like, you on that gay shit or you they'll say this, but they usually don't, they won't get, they won't try and hurt me or try and fight me. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't escalate to, to, to any violence. violence. 
No. That's. I mean, do you ever get concerned, like about like I mean, going back to that small penis parking? Do you ever get concerned about like ever make taking someone off and then this them like you don't know like they maybe they're just having like a, a terrible day and they're just gonna take it out because you you were that one guy you drew the last straw. And- you know, it's very possible because probably like in the age range of 18 to 32, if I'm walking up to a man in that area or he's in his car, I would say it's probably 80% there's a gun in that car. And Milwaukee is known like it's a top 10 FBI crime city every year. But what I think about is there's no way that guy wants to spend the rest of his life in federal prison because some guy was rapping about sticking carrots up his butt. So I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty you know. I probably shouldn't be laughing at that, but that's so true. Oh, that's so true. But yeah, damn, that's uh, that's crazy. And so how, what drew you to Milwaukee? Because you're from the Chicagoland area originally. What brought you up to Milwaukee? I wrestled in Whitewater, Wisconsin. And then when I was graduating, I said, I want to get a job in Madison or Milwaukee. And the doors to Milwaukee opened. And now I've been establishing myself here with the wrestling gym, with real estate, with the fight gym, all the, the people that I've met. And so I'm, I'm pretty entrenched in the city and I'm, I'm a big fan of Milwaukee. Nice. Yeah. I, I forget. Yeah. So you wrestled, how was your wrestling career in, uh, in college? What was that kind of like? It was good, man. I left a couple stones unturned my, my senior year. Um, I had beat the national champion twice. I beat the fifth and sixth place guy by a lot, but just how I wrestled in the national tournament, my, my junior senior year, I made it to what's called the blood round, which is if you win, you all American. And if you lose, you don't. So it's kind of like top, top 12. And, um, I didn't, I didn't perform how I know I could have. And so I had good seasons. I dominated a lot of people. I, my team was, was a great team. We, we did a lot of good stuff, but, um, you know, I gave it out all I got. So I don't have any regrets. I just, that's good. Yeah. You know, I know where I could have been though. Yeah. I mean, it's good lessons, lessons to learn for sure. And that's, I mean, kudos to you for pursuing a collegiate level uh, sport because that's, that's, that's a challenge in its own. So, and especially wrestling, it's such a, I mean, I, I, my only wrestling experience is four years in high school and I was, dude, I, I mean, it was tough, but back then, especially in high school, I was, so, first of all, I was I was a little pudgier, so I had a little, little bit more weight on me. I had no motivation to be in the wrestling room. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was convinced freshman year, um, I was convinced by because I love football, so I was playing football, and the offensive line coach was also the varsity wrestling coach. And so yeah, that's how I get you. Yeah, so he pulled me and like three other guys at, after practice like one day. He's like, you're joining the wrestling team. And I was like – Yes, sir, because I was terrified of him. And yeah. so I did. And then he grew to be one of my, like, still to this day, I respect him over, like, many people in my life. And so – mentor type guy. Exactly. He has been a mentor in my life. And so I told myself, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to quit. Like, that's that was really what kept me in the four years of wrestling because I hated it. Like, there were – I was so bad. I didn't win a single match until end of sophomore year. I finally won one match. I was like one in one in like 30 at that point. And yeah, so, so my wrestling career was very different. Um, and I did it. And like eventually by like senior year, I was like star of the JV team. <laughs> I was just loving life. <laughs> it's like 
fucking around really and just me and like the other senior like two other seniors on the jv team were just like fucking around and like messing around with people and the coaches kind of knew at that point and they were just like fucking around with us they're like eh, these guys are just here for fun they're not doing the they're not going to be like you and go to the college level to to do something great i think there's something cool to be said about how miserable how certain experiences can be miserable in the moment but you really are thankful for them or you look back on them with fondness afterwards and i'm sure a lot of people can say that with wrestling or whatever tough sport they did along their road Yes, 100%. I mean, I think you can, we can both speak to that, but I, I'm kind of interested. Do you have in like your mind, was there ever like a day or a time that you like a practice maybe that you like look back and you're like, that was horrible, like in the moment, but I'm so grateful for that. I would say overall, I was kind of that nuts kid who I loved practice, but I didn't like competing as much. So I loved hard practice. I loved pushing people, but there was a, a an eight-day camp, uh, this Navy SEAL wrestling camp at the Naval Academy, and it was hell, dude. It was four practices a day, and they just grinded you. And But it was a really big turning point in my life where when I came back from that, I was just so mentally strong and mm. so willing to put myself in an uncomfortable position that I thrived off of that. And that's I wasn't the most skilled kid, but I broke a lot of kids' spirit just by them being too tired, and I was still revving up the engine. Yeah, was that for wrestling specifically, or yeah, that yeah. was, yeah, because and you did that with Drew, right? Yeah, and yeah. then I later was a camp counselor there, and I remember for three years. And one of the years I was a camp counselor, I remember there was uh, we sent a lot of kids to the hospital. It was mostly kids that just we're not drinking fluids after practice. And so they were cramping oh, up pretty bad. Yeah. But the hospital or the hospital staff came to the coaches and said, if you guys send one more kid, tell us, <laughs> we're shutting this thing down. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. So but that's not on you. Like hydrate guys, maybe get, yeah. maybe get like a few IVs in the room. Like, so like you say, so you don't have to keep sending them back and forth to the hospital, but that's hilarious. They literally came to the camp. They're like, yo, gonna call the police on you guys you guys are this is cruel and unusual yeah oh that's that's great but so kind of going back to you mentioned you didn't like competition why was that i didn't conquer my fear of competition until late in my career so actually during college when i started actually liking and competing the right way before i would just my from when i was 10 years old till most of high school i would get so nervous and my like i would be having to pee every four seconds i would i would just i never felt like i was competing at my best and then college i realized man you know what almost no one besides me will give a shit or even remember this in two hours after it's over why am i putting so much pressure on it and then also just knowing how i compete at my best like i know kids that um you could he could be napping in the bleachers and you wake him up and he goes and wrestles a really good match but me i need to put my fucking maniac mm-hmm. mask on and so i'm pacing around if the guy's looking at me i'm fucking not breaking eye contact <laughs> and and that's just that's a very small part of who i am mostly i'm the yeah. guy that wants to give you a hug and talk to you but i realize like hey to feel comfortable in this moment i have to act a certain way and so learning that about myself really helped competitions to be a lot better. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, it's the mentality of competition. Cause that's, 
Did you play any team sports? I played I football and baseball for a lot of my okay. time. So I don't know if, if you'll agree with this, but I've noticed that the competition in individual sports versus team sports is such a different mentality. That knowing that there's going to be absolutely no one else on the mat there to pick you up, it I, it's, it is a, a different fear and a different beast that you have to conquer. And so, yeah, it, it did kind of always piss me off too. And I would see like the kids who were sleeping and you wake them up and then they go out and they like pin a guy and then they go back and take a nap. You're like, yeah. Fuck dude. <laughs> like me I, in high school, I was the same way as you where I would be like just stoic, like in the corner, like trying to listen to music maybe and trying, but I, I was also, I never warmed up. I was like so jittery. I never even warmed up. So I would go on the <laughs> mat cold and then I'd just be like out there and then I'd, I'd usually get like pinned and I'd be like, this, game, this day sucks. Like everything sucks about this. And I'd like walk off the mat all pissed off. And then, um, yeah, it's, that is just a different beast. So you said that like having that mentality, did you he- like hear someone say that, that like, Hey, no one's gonna remember this. Or did that some was that something that just like clicked like one day? Like when did that happen? You said in college. I don't have a direct point. Like I know I've always been a huge reader and podcasts had just gotten, I really got into them when I was in college. And so I'm sure along the way I may have absorbed something, but I think it was, I've always been a pretty reflective person. And so learning how to, how to put things in perspective where the chip is on your shoulder, like uh, competing as a, like I also, I guess like the biggest thing was I'm a freshman on a, Nat, like I think we were top three in the nation ranked Nat, as a team. No one expects me to win. No, no one expects me to win this varsity spot. So I'm going to, and the coaches try to set me up too, in, in a good way. Like I love this coach, but they, they had the guy that they, the returner, the junior that they wanted to win. And they mm-hmm. had me wrestle some guy 10 minutes before. And then they gave me a 10 minute break and they wanted me to wrestle mm-hmm. the junior. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Like these guys really like they're tr- okay. Like, and I like, had such a fire in my belly to beat this kid. Mm-hmm. And, it worked and it worked I, honestly like that after you compete that, that's what i've noticed too in my competitions after you get that first match over it's like now you're ready now i'm ready to go and like the jitters are gone it's like now i'm honed in i can i can kind of get in that flow state so if, if they didn't want you to win that match like they were actually setting you up nicely in my opinion they had each of us wrestle maybe three or four matches that whole day but then just before that challenge match, they had me do an exhibition with a guy that wasn't even in my weight class so it didn't even matter they Mm. just did to do it i think to mentally test me a little bit yeah i i've always thrived like i've never been the most technical i'm i'm pretty strong but i'm not always the strongest but i've always been like hey the deeper into the mud this thing goes i'm feel really good about it yeah, and you are strong, by the way. The the few times, I mean, we actually we haven't really even rolled too much. There was like that one time before the competition you had up here, but you're a strong dude for your size because what you're one seventy five, one eighty five. Where are you at? Yeah, well, about one seventy five, one eighty. Okay, yeah. So I mean, yeah, you you definitely are. You have, and you. I think it's different. You might not. I don't know, like your squat bench, like that sort of stuff. It's low. that. Yeah, I was like, those might be low, but you know how to where to position yourself to get under someone. Yep, that clench that you know the grips, you know like the body weight, the body position. You're strong in that sense, and that is a more dominant 
sense to be strong in, in my opinion. I'm lucky enough at this stage of my life to get some of that old man strength I've been hoping for for quite quite amount of years. So that dad strength? Are you trying to tell us something? Oh, give me a couple of years to work on that. <laughs> yeah, no, no little bambino coming in soon. Not yet. Maybe, maybe not for me. Even though I got the got the space now, but uh, definitely not in the near future. So when you evaluate the potential of being a father. Do you have yourself like? Is it calculated? Like, hey, I want to like these. Ha- these things have to be in order, or why? Like, when will you start sinking the seeds, so to speak? Oh man, my girlfriend's listening. I'm sorry, but now you're about to know some things. <laughs> um, no, that is, I guess, yeah. It's always calculated, and this is coming from a guy like who has tried to think about these things a lot and have like, and I say these things. And when I say these things, I mean like life, I I plan for life and then it never works out the the way I I've expected. So you mentioned that earlier is you never know what life's going to throw at you. So, but that being said, yeah, I think that's probably the way to ideally do it is to kind of think through these things. Like, yeah, it would be nice to be financially stable. It would be nice to have the space to be able to do this. It would be nice to whatever that is for you in your life and then do that. But I know, I mean, shit, I don't know, dude. Like I I actually just found when I moved into my new place, I found like a little paper I wrote in maybe the second grade. And it was like by 25, which I'm 25 now, I want to own a house. And I was like, oh shit, that actually worked out and have a, and be a father. So good. I'm glad one of those worked out, but the other letter, I don't know. I mean, yeah, with you, like, have you, have you, has that even been like a thought in your mind of like fatherhood? Like, is that something that's even coming up in you or what's. Oh yeah. Give me two years to get all my investments in order, get my independent income in order. Then I'm yeah. going to be plopping out the kids. I want to be the reason it's so important for me to be on an independent income basis is because I want to be heavily invested in their life. I want to be for sure a contributor, a teacher, a leader, take them on hikes, do all the silly little stuff that little mm-hmm. kids do. And, uh, and especially what's influenced that is I got to hang out with my buddies, one and three-year-old a lot in the last right. year. And I love those kids. And it's so much, everything is so fun. You can just blow bubbles in a field and that's a fun day. You can go on a hike in the woods. And so I'm, I'm excited for that, but I also want to be ready because I know too many people that have yeah. kids when they're stressed, when they don't have the money, all of that, I'm not going to do it. For sure. I mean, this is coming from two guys who do not have kids right now. So this is all the speculation, but yeah, man, it's, I mean, I'm the same way. I love being around kids. And that's because like, I'm the same way. I'm goofy with them. I'm like, you're doing, you're just messing with them. Like I too, now, like now they're old. I guess they're really my cousins. I consider them like my nieces. Um, but I think one's actually in high school now. So like, I don't know. I can, in my mind, I still see her as like this small girl who like, she would tell me like, okay, you're the dragon. We're the princesses. You have to chase us around the house. I got Christmas. Yeah. And like stuff like that. I'm like, sweet. So we would do that stuff. And so that's, I love that. That's, um, that's something as well for me that I just, I'm drawn to. Um, but yeah, and I'm big on, I'm also in the, in the same mentality as you on the independent wealth. That is, 
that to me is a bigger goal or the more primary focus, I should say, for my life. And it sounds like for you too, and you're on that path. I mean, whether it's through YouTube um, and the TikTok stuff, or if it's through the wrestling school, because um, you you teach children wrestling. Is it just middle and high school kids? Middle school. High okay, school. so in high school, I wasn't sure what that age age range is. And so, is that just? I'm assuming that's off season that you do because this, this is your own club, right? Yeah. So. It's mostly off season, but this year a lot of the middle schools are canceled. So those I'll be going tonight to work with them. And um, but the other vehicle is real estate, man. And yeah, I was trying to aggressively grow this year, but the government they're they're going to put out a mandate or uh, Biden's going to put something out where you don't you can't evict people until September. And mm. on that's really nice because we don't want a homeless crisis. We don't want an eviction crisis. That's really bad for a country. But on the other end, people see that and they're like, oh, I don't have to pay rent until October. And so oh, that's shit. I know someone right now that it's a, a working dad of five kids and he finally saved up money to buy a single family home to rent out. It's supposed to bring him 2200 a month of income. This lady is not paying a dime and doesn't have to until September. He's going to lose out on tens of thousands oh. of dollars and it's like oh so until oh, man figure yeah. that out i'm, I'm staying i'm just going to keep what i have and manage yeah that. yeah i mean you're it sounds like you're in a good situation when it comes to that because because you own duplexes and like multiple duplexes or what's your one real estate game one quad one duplex one quadplex and one duplex yeah so damn that's crazy though like that's I actually didn't know about that. Um, that's good to know because having bought this new place, there's a thought, and it's not going to happen for a while for me, but there is definitely a thought of renting out um, for a little bit. Now, granted, I have a room available. I'm here by myself in my house, but so I have a room to, that I'd rent out. And if you get a roommate, that's different than like getting yeah. someone because I'm not going to get a roommate that's sketchy who's not going to pay rent. I'm going to get someone who I trust because I want to be living around this person. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a little different for sure. But I did not know that. And I actually, something, and actually, I have not fact checked this. So if someone else knows who's listening and you want to fact check us, by all means, please do so. But I heard that Biden's also rolling out the minimum wage is going to be increased to $15 an hour. Now, I was talking with my girlfriend about this earlier, but I'm curious kind of on your thoughts on is this a quote unquote good thing, bad thing? Like where, like, what do you, where do you think about that? Uh, well, I'll say that I am not, I don't know enough to make a good educated guess, but what I have to say yeah. is it is clear to see that rents have gone up over the years. Cost of living has gone up over the years and the salaries and the wages have not really caught up. And so on some ends, it looks like it can be reasonable on another end. I mean, there's always going to be a backlash too. So we're living in a science experiment, man. And it's going to, I bet you it's going to bring a mixture of good and bad. That's how almost every decision is. Yeah. Yeah. There's always a nice gray field. It's never easy, never good or bad decision. Um, yeah. The, the thought that came up when I was talking with her earlier about this was, so obviously I agree with you in the fact that prices of things rent have increased drastically. And I think it's since like 1970 or something, the minimum wage has not, it's time that, yeah, that should be increased. 
But the interesting thought, and she actually experienced this where she used to work at Target and internally or in in Target, they kind of did this little experiment where they increased the minimum wage to $12 an hour. Now at the time she was a manager and she was making $12 an hour. So now they increased everyone to $12 an hour and she did not get a boost. So she was like, wait, I'm a manager, but I'm not making any, why am I, yeah, why am I working my ass off to be a manager when I could just be a cashier and be making the same amount of money? Because I mean, at that point she was, I mean, when you're a manager at Target, no offense if anyone's a manager at Target, like of this local store, but she was doing it for the money. Um, And so I'm doing it for the career. I love that. (laughs) Hey, dude, I, especially being here in Minnesota, I know a lot of people who work for Target. Granted, it's corporate targets, but it's different. So I don't want to offend anybody. I love you all. You're on your own path. But um, but seriously, yeah. It's, so that was interesting. Eventually, Target did roll out that they were they increased her wage as well because I think there was probably enough, enough of an uproar about that. But I, like, I think on the, like about that. So like that was just on a corporate company scale this is on a national scale if you do this is there going to be the ramifications of one inflation i mean that's always the argument is everything else is just going to be inflated now um and two like are is it going to devalue other jobs because now you're increasing the value of certain jobs but i don't know like this is the thought process that i go through when it comes to these things I think that we are in a, a battle of ideologies right now. And there's some wacky people on the far right, some wacky people on the far left. And I think there's a lot of people who hopefully are somewhere in the middle saying, look, dude, I just want this thing to work. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to turn to a authoritarian government. I don't want to turn to a communist government. Can we please be somewhere in the middle and compromise and just also do things for the good of the people and not be bought out by all these lobbying organizations, but that's a rabbit hole that we could dedicate many, many years to. I mean, although I'm not that educated in this field, I'm ready to go down that rabbit hole because this is something that it's so relevant in today's sphere. And this is a global just type of crisis that it's, it's, yeah, it is, it's relevant and we're all living it. And maybe I, this is just an eye opener for me to get more educated. But like, like we were talking about earlier, I'm a little more worried about myself and I, I'm dedicated to working on my own passions and goals. And as I start to veer off into this other realm of what's going on, it, I notice it sometimes takes away and whether that's selfish, whether it's not, I'm trying to find that balance. Um, but yeah, it's it's something to be concerned about, at least worried enough so that you can just be educated and, and you can help out your small sphere of your neighborhood. Because that's really what it comes down to. I, that's all you, you can would, worry about. Exactly. You can spend all day researching this nonsense at a national scale, but unless you run for senator or run for the lobbying firm, you have no reach. But if you treat it's how you treat your family, your friends, your circle, community. That's where you have your impact. Yeah. Like one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who it's from, um, but it was basically, I say it's my favorite quote, and I don't even know it off the top of my head, but it's basically like 
tend to the garden that's in front of you. And so it's it's that exact thing. Your friends, your family, your neighbors. I just moved into my place and I've been terrible. I have not even introduced myself to my neighbors yet. There's one guy down the road. um, He's been living here for six years. I was out shoveling my my sidewalks and I waited so long to shovel them that they became ice. And I have this cheap $14 plastic shovel. And so I was out there for an hour just chipping away i maybe got a quarter of the way done and i was just drenched in sweat and he was like walking his dog he's like you need to get a metal shovel and i'm like yeah i know but this is all i have right now and then 10 minutes later he shows up with his like metal shovel and he him and i just get rid of all the all the snow and ice in a matter of like 10 minutes i don't know like it was super quick and was like, yeah and i was like damn like it, it it gave me that spark i'm like all right I've been telling myself, go meet your neighbors, go be a good community, go be a good uh, member in your community. And it's just like, okay, do it. Cause I talked with a dude, super awesome guy. Like he's invited me over to have some beers at his place. I'm like, yeah, like that's like, that's what this is about is just trying to get to know your neighbors and like helping each other out. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters are the people next to you. Those little moments is what transcends politics it doesn't matter if that guy is a regular antifa or he was storming the capital he helped you do the shovel and now you guys have a bond that doesn't yeah i i definitely feel you on that exactly exactly and that's i mean i can speak for hours on just the idea of meeting people and and just building those relationships i mean i live here in minneapolis i have i had zero connection to minneapolis when i moved here my brother was living here so that was my, that's what brought me to Minneapolis about a couple months after he moved. And so at that point I knew nobody. Now it was just me and my ex at the time we broke up. So then I really knew nobody. And then I was like, okay, well now it's like either I'd be depressed and lonely or I meet some people. And so I did that. I met my neighbors and they're like my, my closest friends here in Minneapolis now. So it's, that's actually the people who the real estate agent who sold me this house is is I met through meeting the my neighbors back in my apartment. So it's little things like that is life. Like that is politics. That is life. That is all that. Like you said, that's the transcendence of whatever you want to call this existence is meeting people, in my opinion. Yeah, I think as I get gray in my my beard, I just think of <laughs> The simple moments are some of the best. Going for a little walk, watching the birds fly, saying hello to someone next door. Those are the moments to enjoy. It's not the Instagram highlights of being on a yacht or throwing confetti somewhere. It's the little things. Amen. Amen to that. So how in-depth are you with the idea of the Simpsons predicting all of this crazy stuff? Like, Do you know much about that or do you... I've certainly seen a lot of different connections that they've made and they seem to be prophetic, but I haven't, I haven't made it a, a study. Yeah. I mean, me neither. My study is based on whatever pops up on my TikTok feed. That's, that's what I dedicate my studies to. So I'm, I'm like one of those social media warriors, except for I don't really share that, that information typically, but here I am. So I only ask that because there is a, a from night, I believe it was 1990, 
seven or three. I don't know why. One of those two years is is what's coming up in my mind. And they recorded an episode and it was the 2020 election and it was the inauguration day. So in, oh, tomorrow, I think today is the 19th. Tomorrow is inauguration, if I'm not mistaken. And there was an all in Springfield, which is where the Simpsons is, is located. There was an all out like civil war and it was 20 or 2021 January 20th thoughts. <laughs> Nothing will surprise me at this point. I think if the if people are taking security seriously, there should be a, a strong amount of force there waiting. But I think I don't think people are willing to die at this point. Yeah, I, it kind of goes back to like what you were saying about the hella sus videos and like are people really willing to and you know as i'm saying this actually i think people are i i I almost am about to contradict what i was just about to say because i mean we see some of the things the actions that people because it's not like i think people truly believe in the cause of like the people who stormed the capitol i think really believed in that cause they really believed that they were making a change on that day and so I do think that people aren't really thinking through the ramifications of what's this mean for the rest of my life. I think that they're thinking this is going to affect the greater scale in a positive light from their sense. Yeah, I think you're right. I think anyone in history you look at believes that they're acting in the, in the interest of the best interest of everybody. And I'm sure many people feel if, if they don't step in, oh, America's going to be a communist country or, oh, we're going to yeah. start paying X amount of tax, whatever their motivating factor is. And I think it's it's crazy that each side can dismiss, dismiss each other so easily. Like, oh, the Republicans yeah. can look at the, um, the Democrats and be like, oh, they're just a bunch of libtards. They're just this, this, and that. And then vice versa, that they're the, – Republicans get tarred with the brush, like they're all white supremacists and they're all this. It's like, ah, it's not quite so simple. I think each side starts with a pretty strong kernel of truth. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in their own ecosystem, they hear a lot of stuff that can self-confirms what they're thinking. And yeah, these uh, some of these people think they're genuinely being patriots. And yes, it's a, it's fascinating to watch unwind as an independent in this country. Hundred percent. It's definitely fascinating as a word to use to describe it because it's those echo chambers. I, and I have not seen. Have you seen the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma? Yep, I have. Okay, so I have not. But from my understanding, it talks about how we're in like because of the algorithms that are on social media, you fall into these echo chambers of mm-hmm. you're just constantly being fed things to enrage you as well as to support what you think yeah and so yeah so that's correct right that's kind of what that's about good summary yeah yeah so i mean when you when you think like when you think about that it's it is terrifying because when you don't want first of all when you don't really know what's happening and this is what you're constantly being spoon-fed because i mean 
it's a bad habit of mine, but I'm pretty much on my phone now. Like it's one of the first things I do when I wake up, I'm trying to break that habit. And it's one of the first things or one of the last things I'm on when I go to bed, another habit, two bit terrible times to be on your phone right when you wake up and right when you go to bed. Yeah. But, and then during the day, I mean, it's the same thing. I'm either on, on my laptop looking at stuff or if I'm, or I'm posting on social medias and yeah, when you're constantly in that realm, it's, it's terrifying. And if you're not a conscious consumer, it's even more terrifying because you're just constantly buying into these quote unquote facts because you see it somewhere. And I know I fall victim to it all the time. I mean, the stuff we were talking about earlier about the the $15 increase that Joe Biden said he was going to do. I have not fact checked that. I saw enough people post about it on social media that now I'm sharing it here. So please fact check me. Do not let me go. I wish I had like a, like a Jamie, if you're familiar with the Joe Rogan podcast to fact check me right now. But yeah, uh, that's, I don't know. It's kind of scary to me. It's just where we've come. I see in time like this, I seek to be, how would a Zen master react? How can you be mm-hmm. totally unshaken by any news on either side? And mm-hmm. how can you just make your decisions from listening to your gut and trusting your instincts rather than letting yourself get it overrun by media manufactured anxiety? And I think like that's what I'm trying to achieve is it's a, it's a fine balance because if you put your head in the sand, people are like, oh, well, you're privileged enough to put your head in the sand. It's like, I'm going to live my life how I choose to. And mm-hmm. If being unbothered by nonsense and actually focusing on what I can worry about is how I want to do it, then I'll choose yeah. that. So when you say you're trying to be like a Zen master in that sense, do you actually have practices that you do to help with that? Or do you just kind of be more conscious? My The, the two things is when I look at, when I hear news, think it's probably biased and whoever put it out profits off of me being outraged so mm-hmm. don't let them get to you and i have just a, ge- a general distrust of most things i read unless i know the source i or someone yeah. i've listened to or i follow and have read and so it's like well why am i gonna let billy from connecticut ruin my day i don't know where, yes. what research he did i don't know what his motivation is so mm-hmm. i don't care yeah yeah and that's I, that's so important like I, I mean it goes back to the conscious consumer type thing and there's a few people on my social media who at this point I've fact checked them before and now they've gained enough repu- reputation for me that if they say something I actually kind of take it which could 100%. be a fault that's, that's a fault of mine too because that's they, reasonable if people but, prove themselves to be reliable you consider them reliable yeah, like they're the ones who post references whenever they make a when they share a post, and like y'all actually take some time to click on some of those references, and I'm like, oh, that seems like a reputable source. And but dude, this this age of information, uh, this is another thought that's just been kind of reeling my mind. It's like we have this unlimited power to know everything we ever wanted in the history of ever, and yet I still am so uncertain about even the most like simple things that I know about. Like, I don't know. It's just, it, it fascinates me when I think about it too much. I think Socrates said, the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know. And <laughs> yes. Also, yes. On one end we can be, we can find out any answer we want, but the other end we're so stimulated and overwhelmed and bombarded that 
we're not operating at our best because we're never most for the most of the day for most of us we are not operating from a place of peace and clear mm-hmm. thinking we're operating from a place of hurry up and send this email then oh my gosh look at that headline and then you you're not acting like a person it's just <laughs> yeah yeah like you you talked about earlier those simple moments the walking around and just that simple act like being conscious to a inhale and an exhale it's you can i i don't know about you when i do that i feel the serotonin and i I feel the rush like go down my spine when i take like five deep breaths and stuff like that and it's just reminding myself to do those little things and to try and meditate throughout the day or find some sort of practice to let go of my mind it's it's important and that's kind of i mean for for me tea has become a practice like where when i get zoned into whatever my tea is it takes about 5 10 15 minutes to brew a nice cup of tea so in that time i can kind of like meditate in a sense it's not like the the normal type of meditation um where it's like i'm sitting and still and being quiet but like I'm like mindfully doing stuff. I'm mindfully adding herbs to my teapot or, and I'm mindfully heating up the water and simple things like that. Like you said, the simple moments in life, I think really connect you to who you are. Yeah. There's a million types of meditation. I think anything that makes you be present in the moment, whether you're an auto mechanic and <laughs> tightening the bolts on something is your meditation or writing or walking or playing with a puppy. Yeah. I think there's plenty of, of good avenues and it's one of those things that's so easy to remember like hey do this but for some reason during our distracted day it's tough to to pin that time down yeah it's there's been times where i'm like i feel like i've developed adhd in the past like year or two because i'm about to do something and then my mind thinks of like an email that i forgot to send so i go to go send that email then as i'm literally typing that email out, i don't even finish it I go back to something else and like, so then there, I, I like stop myself and luckily I might get to a point where I'm like, okay, stop. I do a breathe and I'm like one thing, just do one thing right now. And I finish it to completion and then I move on. And then usually I can get myself back on track, but ooh, man, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy with that. But do you have like, do you practice any, Maybe one, do you have like a spiritual practice that you do or like do you take time and do, I think you've mentioned to me like Wim Hof before or anything like that. Do you do something like daily or weekly of a spiritual type thing? No, nothing I would say really spiritual, but the the disciplines of jujitsu and wrestling, those are some of my practices. And then going for walks in the woods. I have woods five minutes away, reading reading and anything basically away from my phone cooking yeah those are my favorite ones to do beautiful yeah those are all all amazing things that i i love to do as well the the read what books are you reading right now because i i've been bad about that's another another habit i've fallen away from that i'd like to like to get back into but so what are you reading right now it's how I go to bed every night. And it's um, right now I'm reading John Adams. And um, he, so one of the founding fathers, very uh, transformational in, in America, becoming America. And 
So I, I love reading about those guys. Yeah. What's uh, how far are you? First of all, in in the book, about three hundred pages. Have there been any lessons that you've taken out of that so far? Yeah, and, and a lot of these guys, Ben Franklin, um, I know Teddy Roosevelt's a future uh, president, but out of that era. But I find it remarkable that a lot of these guys are good at a lot of stuff, and that's mm. how I look at my life. I'm not a specialist. I'm not a master of one craft, but it is entirely possible to wear a lot of hats and have a lot of fun in each. You could be a politician. You could be a businessman. You can be a writer. You could be an inventor. There's such, it just is where you want to invest your attention to. And I find that very reassuring and cool that you could never be bored if you use your time properly and you could have a lot of fun and be good at a lot of different stuff. And I want to be kind of one of those Renaissance men where I have a handful of hobbies that I'm really good at and I love doing. And some of them are going to pay my bills. Some of them are going to be just pure play that I get to do with because I like it. And that to me is the ideal life. Yeah. I love that. I love that. There's so much, ah, there's just so much there. Cause it's, it's so true. I found myself just after, after college getting into so many different aspects of that. And especially recently in the, at least in the last like year and a half, I've just dove deep into more of my passions, which is like what's brought me here to this podcast, which has brought me to just a lot of things. So that's, uh, yeah, that is reassuring because I have not read those books and it's uh, from taking it from your word. It sounds like some very successful people are the same way. And that's, yeah, that's reassuring. Um, so you this is kind of switching gears a little and you've mentioned it a couple of times, but you partake in, in jujitsu. You're a practitioner. What I guess, what drew you to jujitsu? What was, how did that, how's that journey been? Like, what's that journey been like? I got out of the college wrestling culture, which was extremely tight knit. It's a six month season. There's really no off season. You keep practicing year round and you become incredibly close with people. And we all had the mutual goal of team national champions. I had a goal of individual national champion and that's a really strong north star to have as a compass and then you go into this corporate world where they're supposed to incentivize you over go going bowling or something and it just i'm just like what am i gonna do am i gonna go do lift dumbbells for the rest of my life like yeah. what am i gonna do with myself to keep in shape and it turns out milwaukee's home to one of the best fight gyms in the world and then another jujitsu gym opened up there and it's it's that brotherhood. It's that that element of you get your aggression out in a healthy way. I would say I'm actually like I I never have looked for a fight in almost all of my life, and it's because I get all that pent up energy out in a really productive, healthy way. And so I love jujitsu. I just competed last weekend. I want to compete. I want this year to be a a competitive year. I want to stop be at the top of the podium a handful of times before 2021 is over and have fun doing it with people that I enjoy. That's amazing. Yeah. So have you ever been in like a, a street fight, bar fight type situation? I was in a brawl when I was in fourth or fifth grade on a pond. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I was in a sixth grade one punch fight. But Did you, in- did you deliver the punch? Or did he, a kid or did swung he? at me, and I wasn't. It's not like I'm a defensive boxer, but he missed, and then I just punched him <laughs> in the stomach, and that was it. It was pretty lame, and 
But in college, there was a few guys that tried to pick a fight, but as soon as their bodies were like, oh, dude, you know that he's a wrestler, right? Like they would kind of just stop. And I never was ag- aggressive with anyone, so I never like, yeah, man, come on. I actually do want to th- – yeah. like, we spilled a drop of beer on the floor, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, no, I haven't been in a real street fight in a long good. time. That's, that's, that's good. I mean – I've never, I've never been confrontational in that, in that sense. Like there's, there were times in college, it was close. Like there were, there was close, but I was always one to talk things down. I'm, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And I will talk my way out of most every situation. Um, And now also knowing jujitsu, it's like now, especially knowing like damage doing techniques it's horrifying. It's and and you also don't know what anybody else knows. Like the most terrifying humans on the mat are sometimes the most unsuspecting people. Like they're like this tiny people, like who have, yeah, they they just don't look like they they can hurt you. And then all of a sudden, you're getting choked by them. And so it's yeah that that idea of fighting anybody of doing all that never really crossed my mind it was and i think like you said earlier it was the being involved in so many sports that was enough of the release for me i was never never had that urge um but so you started after college correct with jujitsu you said yeah it was just like yeah for that competitive type nature and yeah dude it's I, I can again attest to that. I, mine mine was in college. I, intramurals were not doing it for me because I mean I stopped pretty much all of my competitive sports after high school, and I, it was nice for a year. I was like, oh, this is great. I don't have any commitments. And then I was like, okay, now I need to do something. And then I did intramurals for two years, and I was like, it's not doing it. Like these are not competitive enough. And then I found jujitsu, and it unlocked a whole different avenue of yeah i mean talk about a a testament to life and the challenges you go through and everything i mean the jujitsu journey is it's wild like you you're just in it and it's some of the hardest like work you can put in and but it's so rewarding i mean you get you get the literal promotion of going from white to blue to purple belt like you get those literal promotions, which those days are some of the most like you feel like the most elated in your life. But also just when you successfully hit a move in a competition or you successfully hit a move like on the mat, it's some of the most like just satisfying things. And it's just, again, it's a testament to life where you put in the hard work and it eventually pays off after just drilling something for hours and hours and hours and sweating and bleeding and, going through so much yeah i think it's actually something that is incentivizing to want to learn i think it's hard i don't care about my quota like even when i bust my sales quota for my corporate job i'm not like oh yeah dude 114 percent. but yeah i'll pay money to go compete in jujitsu and i'll feel good if it turns out Mm -hmm. the way i want to so yeah it's interesting to observe how to keep the carrots in front of yourself after you are in the the adult world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause you can easily get into that mind or that simple. I don't know. It's just life can be simple. If you just like sit on the couch, watch Netflix, wake up, do your job, 
then like repeat like it's but to yeah you said dangle that carrot it's it's nice which again congratulations i saw you took first in the tournament the other was it just this weekend yeah and thank you yeah so that was that was cool i saw the i think you posted a video of you tossing a dude was that uh was that uh, i forget was that a hip toss it almost looked suplex lateral oh lateral okay was suplex is legal in this tournament no Okay. Because <laughs> okay. that would have been uh that would have been pretty nice to see. And for those of you who don't know, if you're not jujitsu um attuned, so a suplex is like basically when you pick or when you bear hug a man or a woman from behind and you do like a back bend. You basically like back bend all the way and you drop the person on their head. It's very dangerous, very painful i've never suplexed nor been suplexed and it's a goal of mine just to maybe keep it that way because i don't want to hurt other people it's another thing I, I don't i don't like that as you can maybe tell i'm just not a i don't like that stuff i've been hurt and i don't want to hurt anybody um so yeah it's that's cool did you did you submit anybody when you were my first four matches in nogi i submitted them pretty quickly under a minute almost all of them Ooh. What's what was the same submission or a big anaconda guy? Uh, and one guy just took his neck off because he wasn't tapping, so I just decided to wrench it off. And then one arm bar, too. So trying to keep a mixed bag, yeah. You're you're a diverse, a diverse one. That's cool. Um, and so you you did gi and no gi, yeah, yeah. Gi, I went three and one. I beat the first place guy 19 to nothing, but then the second place guy caught me. So I went, I took him down into the other mat and usually they pause you and bring you back into the mat and yeah. they start you again. So I relaxed a little bit, boom, threw up the oh. legs and go. And he, I mean, he's good. He caught me, but I really think if I were to go against him again, I think I would win. If we yeah. had 10 more matches, I think I'd win nine out of 10. Nice. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a little frustrating. Cause like you said, typically that is the, the normal ruling is once you go out of bounds, you just bring it back. But I don't know. I guess you live and you learn. Never, never ease it up until you. Up. Get- it woke me up. A good loss yeah. made me, you know. Yeah, that's. Up. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I haven't competed that much in jujitsu, um, but when I do, it's an it's an eye opener. Like it's just like it really one because I don't do it too much, I still get that anxiety of getting on the mat and competing in front of people. Um, so it's nice to feel that and to work through that. But two, it's the, it recalibrates my game. Like I realize just how, like when I'm under that pressure, under that anxiety, just how maybe sloppy I am at half guard or how like, I really don't know what to do when I'm in this position. I don't like North South. For instance, yeah, North South is one that I'm, I use it as a transition. I don't really attack much, but something I'd love to, to expand on. So in your jujitsu game, do you, what is your game? If you don't mind. So we, so I can know your secrets. So I can submit you. Take them down, heavy pressure, get them into a position that I can submit them quickly. Simple as that. Top there game. you have it, folks. That's it. That's it right there. Tommy G, he's he's got you. <laughs> no, that's a uh, so takedown. Do you have like a favorite takedown or just kind of whatever's there? Underhook to a knee pick or an arm drag, nice. or a kind of scramble through something. Yeah, yeah. The re- I mean, dude, I I like the wrestling takedowns. 
Like I like double legs and in jujitsu, when you don't when you don't have like a wrestling background and someone's just like standing up like judo style, oh, just like asking for a double like a like an explosive double, put your head in their chest and just drive and mm-hmm. mm, there's nothing like more satisfying. But you gotta be also be concerned about the the guillotine because I've been guillotined enough times in practice to uh, by like upper belts to to know that it's it sucks. It's not fun <laughs> guillotine or getting guillotine um yeah and, and sorry i guess i should also for those of you who are listening who maybe don't know much about jujitsu with the gi and no gi i mean if you have any questions reach out but the gi and no gi this will be a simple one gi is like when you when you wear like the bathrobe looking thing that's a gi when you no gi you're not wearing it you see people either some guys are shirtless some people are in uh what's called rash rash guards and uh just which is like under armor type tight tight clothing just for those listening who are here for the tea but stayed for the jujitsu that's cool though dude uh no and competition yeah you said it's so important it's so important just for i don't know so many aspects of life just to reveals a lot about you you see what you're made of under pressure and it's good to put yourself under pressure because mm-hmm. if you're comfortable all the time, you never really know what's in your heart. And so co- competition in any sort is good to do. Yeah. Yeah. That whole being comfortable with discomfort, been trying to live, live that lifestyle for, I mean, I probably heard that on a podcast, maybe Jocko. I don't know. He's, he's always, I, I bought his book a while back and have read through the, I forget what it's called. It's been a while since I've read through it. It's like the disciplines, um, man, discipline manual. Yeah. Yeah. Michael's freedom read through that, man. It's, it's nice. It's nice. Cause it's like a, I'd read like a page a day just like to start my morning. Cause that's kind of how the it's set up. Have you read that book at all? Mm-mm. Okay. If you, if you're interested, I could send it to you. Um, but it's like I said, it's good. If you, are, are you a Jocko fan? Much. I know of him. I think he's pretty cool. I don't religiously pay attention yeah, to him. Yeah, same. It's he's not like definitely not religiously, but I've heard him enough times on his podcast and and Joe Rogan and such such like that. And yeah, like you said, he's a cool dude. Him, like the David Goggins, even Joe Rogan. Although Joe's like, I feel like I relate more, even though Joe's probably more disciplined, definitely more disciplined than me. I feel like I relate more to him because he's like always talking about how. He loves food and pasta and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I can get in on pizza all the time. It's like my my go-to. But what, what's your – do you have like a – because are, are you pretty um, disciplined with like your diet and stuff? Oh, yeah. My body's very sensitive. So I, if I deviate, like pizza is the biggest one. If I go, I never eat it because if I eat it, I feel so bad that I remember why. It's almost like a hangover. I realize why I don't drink, you know, so yeah. – I egg burritos are my favorite and I eat clean nearly all the time and it makes me feel good. Do you follow any, is there like a diet plan? Like do you do any like the keto carnivore, vegan, any of that stuff or? A lot of meat and veggies, tortillas and rice. Those are my, my go-tos. Probably like, honestly what I do, do you, are you, do you do like the flour tortillas or corn? I know I'm a gringo, but yes, I do flour tortillas. <laughs> do flour, yeah. I'm dude. I love the corn tortillas because that's that's what I do. I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. I've gotten on my good 
like when I'm eating by myself and I'm here by myself, I cook yeah, chicken, a bunch of beef, fish, and then a whole bunch of veggies and I'll throw it in a tortilla and call it a day. Um, but I love pizza too. I, I would not be afraid to eat pizza at least once a week. That would be like my go-to. It's, it's not, it's not good. And especially now, just cause I'm not working out since my injury. It's just been like, I'm not doing jujitsu right now. So it's like, I gotta, gotta be a little bit more on top of my stuff so that I don't, uh, don't go back to my high school days per se. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, well, Tommy, I mean, do you have anything that you wanted to want to talk about some more? No. Um, I, I had a good conversation. My body's starting to get antsy, which has been ever since I was a kid. So this to me is a good place to leave off. I certainly like going down all these avenues and alleyways with you and, yeah, man. Dude, it's a, I mean, every conversation I have with you is always a great one. And I'm really happy we were able to do this. There is one thing I'm going to ask you to uh, help me out with here at the end. So the end of my podcast, I like to, for those who have stuck around and listened through my other ones, I do what's called the Urban Dictionary T-Word of the Day. So I need you to basically give me a word. It can be a word about what we talked about today. It can be a word that's tea related. I mean, I guess I call it the urban dictionary tea word of the day. So, and I'm going to, and so what started this, I can give you a little background. I was, it was me and my girlfriend. We were just hanging out and, and actually, I don't know what drew me to urban dictionary, but something did. And I Googled or I typed in a just word. I think I was drinking like an Earl Grey tea. So I was like, I wonder if they have like Earl Grey on there. And I searched it and like the first definition was like whatever. But then like the the further you go down, the more just zany these definitions get. And, it's, and I was like, all right, I'm adding this. This is going to be a little segment to the to the podcast. So I'm making my team egos be a part of this by giving me the word of the day. So word that's your goal. Sus, S-U-S. Sus, S-U-S. Let's see. And sometimes the words don't come up. Okay. This one's good. We got, let's see, two, three, four, five, six. We got six definitions for sus. And we're going to go through them all. Starting with number one, sus. Suspicious, but more lit. Used as a replacement for suspicious, such as when a friend is being awfully quiet. Ayo, dad. Yeah, Chad. Brad's being awfully quiet today, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's acting pretty sus, Dad. Um, what? All right. <laughs> Number two, a shorter version of the word suspect, usually used to define someone or something that looks suspicious or untrustworthy. Bob, hey, let's ask that guy for directions. Larry, nah, he looks sus as fuck. I think that one kind of describes you. Like, that's that's you. If yeah. I've, if I've, so far out of these. Number three, oh, this one's this one's boring. Just suspicious. That's it. Um, I would sneak out earlier, but that would be sus. YFM, is that you feel me? Is that was that? I think that so, yeah. I'm not that hip with my lingo. Um, I don't know if you are. Is that some? Are you good with like? Here and there, there's some things I pick up. Some things that I feel like, oh man. 
so okay maybe you can answer this i've been i've been seeing and i and through context i figured out what it means but i still don't get it on tiktok when someone says like a lie on tiktok the in the comments they put cap and they put like a blue baseball cap oh because you cap you because you capping i've never heard that before like if I'm if I go up to you and like yeah man I got laid three times last week you'd be like oh that's cap because you think that I'm lying I'm being overly braggadocious and you know it's not true so if someone's capping they're talking a big game but they're they're not backing it up but if they're serious they'll be like no cap because I'm no cap okay okay so do you know where like cap came from probably somewhere and from an urban gentleman that made a cool rap song and said mama bogo and that's cap. I think okay. Cody Black may have originated it. Who knows? No idea. But thank you for enlightening me and any listeners who did not know and were too afraid to ask. I'm here to ask all the scary questions. Okay, on to number four. Let's see. This one looks like it might be might be a little spicy. There's two definitions in, within sub-definitions within number four. When someone says something that's gay or sexual on accident you know this is actually i think yeah i'm like i take back what i said before about the other one being you this one this one's you this is usually said by an accompanying person who is next to the one who slips up after sus is said it's followed up by a quick no homo number two short for suspect so number one andre damn lebron is four for four he's hot tonight mike sus and then derek Something ain't right about that one kid. He's constantly whispering to himself and making threats to people. Kind of sus if you ask me. Okay. okay. Um, number five, sus. Used as a minor joke in YTPs. You want to explain YTPs because I don't know. White trash party? White trash parties? Okay. I don't sure. know. We'll go with it. Though it may be old and repetitive, it has become a tradition towards making YouTube poops. Hold on. I'm going to have to go back on this one. Used as a minor joke in YTPs, though it may be old and repetitive, it has become a tradition towards making YouTube poops. All I said was sus. Stop saying that. Goop videos. I have, I'm, I'm lost there. Do you know <laughs> Do you know what's going on in that definition? Uh, that was made in January 16, 2019, so two years ago, almost to the day. All right, and number six, sus, a short term used by Among Us kids. So Among Us, I think, is a is a viral video game, um, or it, it, I don't even seen much about it re- recently. But so a short term used by Among Us kids to describe something or someone's someone suspicious when someone does something that shows that they are a possible imposter. Blue, yo, red, kind of sus. Red, no, you are sus. That's it. That's that's our that's the definition of sus so tommy appreciate you um where can people find you like where 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 people look up tommy g youtube and instagram tommy g mcgee or type in hella sus songs i'm the originator of that thing and i'm sure you'll find questionable content don't watch around your grandparents but I appreciate you checking out my YouTube. Beautiful. And uh, I, you have an Instagram and TikTok as well, right? Same yep. thing? Yeah, Tommy I mean, G. Yeah. I know YouTube's your your go-to platform, but got to make sure we're touching all the bases. Um, yeah. Well, 
people follow along on the as Tommy calls his uh, his followers the Gorilla Gang. And Tommy, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you, sir. Cheers and toodaloo. Cheers and toodaloo. Peace. Bye.